everyone, my name is Maggie Delgado and I'm your host here at TV That Made Us. Thank you guys for joining us one more time. This is our second episode of the second season. I can't believe it's two seasons already. Um, if you're new here, I encourage you guys to listen to the previous episodes of all of my favorite TV shows as I analyze them with my friends. As you guys may know, I am a multimedia producer and I'm always interested in the way that media, especially narrative film and TV, influences culture and society. You are what you watch and what you're consuming especially in this day and age of binge watching. So on this show, my friends and I will be discussing some of my favorite TV shows and how they have influenced us as adults. On this episode, we'll be discussing the one-hour fantasy drama Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Joss Whedon's TV adaptation from the 1999 film of the same name ran from 1997 to 2001 on the WB and later on the UPN9 from 2001 to 2003. The show, like the film, follows the teen blonde ex-cheerleader Buffy Summers, who is tasked to protect Earth from the forces of evil as the Slayer. Alongside her trusty friends, Willow and Xander, and her watcher, Giles, Buffy has to balance being a typical teen in high school and being the Slayer, making sure that the forces of darkness of Sunnydale's underbelly stay at bay. The show mixes humor, teen angst, and the supernatural in a great TV drama. Buffy was a feminist and inclusive show before that was a trendy thing to do. Here to discuss the lessons on love, friendship, and womanhood is my friend, Megan. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Megan. Hi again. Hi again. Um, maybe some of you remember me from a, another podcast that I was on with Maggie. Yes, I'm going to put it on the description down below, but you were in, um, in Mixing It Up with Maggie. Yes. And we did a round table called Chicas and Margaritas mm -hmm. that actually inspired this show. Right. It was all about, like, <laughs> how did we know about love and relationships and sex and we kind of all looked around and it fascinated me that a lot of us learn it from tv mm -hmm. not our parents not books not school but tv yeah i feel like tv definitely shapes us especially as young kids i mean i feel like a lot of what i know was from tv um so i um i used to be a film major been graduated with an english degree from hunter college which is how i know maggie I'm currently working at a hospital and I'm about to start my master's in uh, public health at another CUNY school, which I'm really excited about. So in addition to TV and media, I'm also really interested in ending disparities in healthcare. Nice. And I, and I mean, like, I, I feel like, um, again, we are where we consume and things like that. And, and Buffy being the show that it is and that we will be discussing, I think it shapes us as young women seeing somebody that can do so many things and has agency to do that. Definitely. So for you to, you know, have so many different interests and um, be at a level that you're going to get your master's and do public health, but also have like this consciousness of like, we are what we consume and all of that stuff. Like it all kind of meshes well together yeah. in, in where we are now. Um, I was a huge fan of Charmed and even Angel when it was on, but I was actually really late to Buffy 
And um, I actually, I, I, I told you about it, but um, the first time I ever watched Buffy, like an entire Buffy episode was in school because we took this class called Complex TV Narratives and it was all about the episode Hush and how great it was for um, the, the writer and director to showcase these complexities among the characters with just visual. So how did you discover Buffy? So like you, I was a little late to the game. I didn't start religiously watching it until my mid-20s, 24, 25. When I was younger, uh, maybe middle school, I had watched episodes here and there. So I was familiar with the show, but I never really got into it. It was only after reading Facebook posts and articles claiming what a great feminist TV show it was that I got really intrigued um, I was also dealing with a rough job and ended up leaving that job. So I had a lot of time on my hands to binge watch. Um, and I ended up even introducing the show to my mom, who's even more obsessed than I am and <laughs> watched all of Angel too afterwards. I think even though we, we got into it later, it still had an impact on us, at least for me. Like I, not only did I watch Charm, but, um, Angel as well. And what they all have in common, all of those shows, including Buffy, is not only was the protagonist someone that had agency and it just in this one it just so happens to be yeah that's what I think appealed to me the most was how clever it was so you have this trope of the blonde cheerleader who is the one who ends up saving everyone she's not the victim she's the hero and I love the fact that it's set in this classic high school atmosphere like something like 90210 yeah um but instead she fights demons and vampires and she's this awesome kick-ass superhero and then later i mean we're definitely going to talk about it but also the, the, the fact that there was like a lesion of of other women all over the world that were also slayers yeah and they just all they were all women. Yeah, there's this whole history. There's this ancient history. And I, I read some of the comic books, too. And in some of the comic books, they go a little deeper into the origins of the Slayer. Look at them. That's not your world. You belong in the shadows. With me. All right, Megan, we have love, friendship, and womanhood to get through. Let's start with love. Because I feel like that's what that's what got us here. Were you more of an Angel fan or a Spike fan? Or were you more, screw these two guys, let's talk about Buffy and Riley? <laughs> Ooh, this is a tough one for me. Riley's definitely the hottest character in my opinion. I love Riley. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. No, and I just love the secret identity part of it at first. Something about that really like gets me going when <laughs> there's like they both have these secret identities and they don't know who the other one actually is but they're sort of fighting the same cause you know after like the whole angel debacle that happened I felt like she deserved to be happy and to be with someone that was not supernatural I like the fact that she could have a semblance of normalcy right she can go outside in the sunlight with him yeah. <laughs> I also like spike a lot <laughs> Um, you know, I think Angel is too goody two shoes or he's either too bad. He's either too good or too bad. I feel like he's nowhere in the middle. Did you know that Sarah Michelle Geller actually in a recent interview when they, you know, they asked her finally, like, you know, we're such a big fans of of all your your love interests. Like, which which one was your favorite? And she said, Angel. Wow. Well, 
I don't know. I just... I think she was like, you know, it was her first love. Mm -hmm. And I think we can relate to always having a, not a thing for, but a memory or or some sort of like weird uh, mental tattoo of our first love. I agree. I agree with that completely. We had this whole um, discussion and the other podcast, love and and breakup and things. And and I feel like after you go through kind of like that song with like first cut is the deepest, like after you go through that, you're able to handle like, I I don't, if she didn't go through the whole thing with Angel, I don't think she would have been able to handle Someone like Spike. No, oh, definitely not. I mean, a lot happened to Buffy before she got with with Spike. She had died. <laughs> she was in heaven. And then Willow and the gang retrieved her from heaven, kind of took her back. And so she had this darkness to her. But I think I like Spike because, well, A, I kind of have a soft spot for him. I really like him as this, like, punk rock character who loves woman first it was drusilla well no 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 first it was that mortal woman before he became a vampire then it was drusilla then it was buffy and something about their shared darkness together and how wrong it felt i liked that a fun fact um i actually read and watched twilight before getting into buffy oh so did i so did i so um i i've had all, all these discussions about like how toxic um edward and bella's relationship was and all these things and then they were the same people that really praised buffy and it's not that the, i mean the show did a really good job on it but um i felt like the her relationship with um with spike was as like it had like similarities in it with with Edward in that it was toxic and it was like this little bit of like a darker path besides to every one of us, right? And I feel like Angel was more of like this innocence and like Buffy, you know, being in um in, in high school and, and figuring herself out. And Spike came into her life, even though it was very lustful, very much like, I hate you, but I love you and you're bad for me, but I still want to be with you, that we all experience like Bella did it with Edward or, or whatnot, but we experienced it also like when we when we were in college, like we all have those two those two things. And I don't think it was fair for people to be like, well, you know, like she never had a bad relationship. Like I think her relationship with Spike, even though like he died and everything for her, it was not it was not perfect. It was it was toxic still. I mean, he raped her or he put he yeah. attempted to rape her. Yeah. And I, when I saw that episode, I was thinking, how are they ever going to recover from that? Because it's disgusting. No one on this show um, thinks that rape is a good thing. So um, I remember being disgusted by that. But I guess somehow, I guess he does redeem himself at the end. Um, And he's a vampire. But before that moment where he does attempt to rape rape her, I think... There's something dark about it, and it is consensual. Like, Buffy and Spike are consenting to have sex with each other, even though they know it's wrong, even though it might be a little kinky. Um, It's something they both want. And so, even though it may not be the right choice, I mean, what's wrong with following your sexual desire once in a while, as long as no one's harmed? I think it was was for all of us, for... The people and and I cannot even imagine like people that were younger than us that were following the show, right? That they couldn't even perceive like why she would even make this um this choice. But I think that because we watched it 
at a later time and at a fantastic time, which was like in our early 20s, um, we understood it a little more. Like we've all had, just as we probably to a certain degree of had an angel, we've all had a spike. <laughs> or we are in a relationship with our, or our, our spike right now. We don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about um, my other favorite couple. It's probably my favorite couple of the show. Um, and I just, I hate like how it ends and everything. But let's talk about Willard and Tara. There are some things I do find problematic about this relationship. Um, and it's depiction as, from what I know, like one of the most significant depiction of a lesbian relationship in a teen show. I mean... And so that's amazing. But in some ways, I do find the relationship a little flawed and dated almost watching it from the time that we live in now. One of the things that I that I didn't like about it, that is a, a, a it's beginning to be like a little bit of a trope um, in even in teen shows now is that like they like they don't end up together like they they the, the person must die like i i had that happened in um in a show that i watched called the 102 where like as soon as there was um a gay relationship that was established and it just i don't know why it happens to be with like two women um they kill off one of the one of the characters oh wow and then they can't be together right i think i didn't i didn't actually think of that as a problem as much as I guess it was so subtle in the beginning and I guess it was their relationship seemed to be based more on this emotional connection and like this femininity um, whereas the sexuality I felt like was downplayed and I didn't really if like If it was that. now, we would have definitely seen <laughs> A lot some. of pussy licking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen Sense8 on Netflix? Like, I haven't. Oh, you have not. You, <laughs> you have to watch that next. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I mean, yes, but it opened the doors for other shows to do totally. more. Having um, gay characters or a character come out as gay is seemed as like um, a plot device or something to spice up the storyline. And I actually... I don't know about you, but I actually felt that it it kind of went with Willow, and we're gonna get into it. But it did, um, it did. I I agree. She had she we we've we've always had like this subtle hint. Not that I mean, she, even she had she had boyfriends before, but um, I always felt like she had like some sort of crush on Buffy, or like she wanted a little bit. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I, I never picked up on that. I always thought that there was like like she liked Buffy a little too much. Like that was always mm. my thing. And and I don't know if you saw, but like I have on my notes, like when we talk about friendships later, um, she had like a little bit of like an admiration for Buffy. So I always thought like there was something there. So I didn't think it was like an all of a sudden thing. I mean, she's so badass too. I think maybe people forget about her in some ways. And I think, I mean, she has that darkness too, just like Buffy does when she becomes evil, evil witch no i agree with you though i think there was something empowering about that for her obviously um and it made her stronger Buffy, you can't go back alone you never train with me anymore he's going to kick your ass giles sorry i was a bit honest terribly sorry so she doesn't go alone giles weapons all around you're not going xander you get hurt oh 
Okay, you and Willow go do the superpower thing. I'll stay behind and putt around the Batcave with crusty old Alfred here. Ah, uh, uh, no, I am no Alfred, sir. No, you forget. Alfred had a job. Willow is not going either. I'm doing it alone. Oh, great. And then, when you have your new no arms, we can all say, gee, it's a good thing we weren't there getting in the way of that. Right, maybe we can help in other ways. You want some fighting pants, Bub? I can get you some new fighting pants. You guys, this isn't helping. Oh, wow, we're already getting in the way. We're pretty good at this, Xander, huh? Right, I'm so good at it, you might have to ship me off to the army to get me out of the way. The army? You didn't know I knew about that, did you? You two talking about me behind my back. Us talking about you? How about you telling Riley every last detail of my life with Angel? Uh, besides, when is there any us two? You two are the two who are the two. I'm the other one. Uh-huh, but maybe that all changes when I'm doing sit-ups over at Fort Dix. Fort Dix? <laughs> are you drunk? It's quite a bit of... Talk a little bit about friendship. So I really love uh, Willow's and Buffy relationship. Um... Because I feel like they bring out the best in each other. It reminded me of some of my friends. Because I've, I've always felt like I was the, in a way, like the Buffy in their life. Like they were more shy, like Willow. And I had to be the one to be like, no, let's let's do this. And I'll, you know, I'll do a makeover. Like, let, let's go out. Let's do that. I'll, I'll do something dangerous. And then you just have to follow me. Um, <laughs> what was your favorite friendship evolution? And then I'll tell you mine. I was thinking about this question um i would say anya and giles weird <laughs> um i mean because their relationship at the beginning is so fraught with their disagreements about the wicca shop like anya just like wants the money and she's very matter of fact and giles is like you can't treat these customers like this and I think their little spats about that sort of developed in a way where I think they kind of detested each other to being more friendly with each other I just think it's a funny little side relationship that maybe goes unnoticed I think it did I mean I I always I, when I think of Anya I think of like the comic relief of the show even though that was not like her comic relief is like, okay, I need to be a, like, how do, how can I be a human? How can I be a fully right. human? And, um, Giles then needed to, in a way, not only mentor Buffy and being a slayer, but then mentor this other person into like, this is what humans do. And then they all kind of took turns into, um, no, this is how you treat humans. And this is what, this is how we go through being a human, um, with, with Anya, especially, um, Xander, um, and her relationship. Well, Anya's storyline is so hilarious. She was this demon who um, helped scorned women find ways to punish the man who had hurt them. And then she becomes a human and she is no longer a demon. And she's in a relationship with Xander. Out of all the men. Out of all the yeah. men. And she's like still has part of that like demon attitude sometimes in her, which comes out in really funny ways. I also really enjoyed the relationship between uh, Buffy and Cordelia. It could have just ended there. It could have just been this whole thing of like them being competitors all the time, especially like because Cordelia matured um I, I really like the episode when like she um she wishes that buffy never came to sunnydale right and she sees the world as like oh my god like if she wasn't here we would have all been dead um but i and then like the fact that she matured so much then she went to like 
work with like Angel and like have a relationship later on and like be a little bit more mature. I like that it was it was not just like this high school thing where like they just hated each other and they didn't ever work. Cordelia and this is why I think it worked when she left and went to Angel. Um, always struggle with like, okay, I want to be part of the Scooby gang, but I also kind of like she felt left out even though she was in she also detested the group. She wanted to be part of the group even I felt like that's that was her thing. Like she always secretly wanted to be part of like oh, what was going on. Definitely. And I think her being the popular enemy, you know, this high school trope of a character really speaks to how clever it was to really give her this depth and this background that she deserved. And she had these wants and these needs and desires that weren't all superficial. And and I think at the end of the day, she just wanted um, something that Buffy, in a way, fought for. But also because she was a slayer, she was semi-handed this to her. But um, she fought for agency. I feel like she was in a place where everybody thought, okay, you are the popular. There was like a like rules and regulations that she had to follow as the popular girl. And she saw how... Buffy kind of maneuvered that and was like, okay, she was she was like that, but then she also had this other life. She had more to do than just be liked in high school. Yeah. And I think that she wanted that escape that like I can do yeah, I can I can do it. I can run. I can kick. I I wanna fight. I wanna like what you were talking about, like also be part of this group. Yeah, I mean, Cordelia is a feminist too. It might take a little longer to get to that conclusion, but She's definitely someone who believes in female empowerment and saw her own strength. And despite putting up all these airs, like maybe she thought she was supposed to as this pretty high school student, she she really fought. She was a fighter. Let's talk a little bit about Buffy and, and Willow. And I did tell you that my hypothesis or like what, from my observations, I always felt like Willow... We all knew that she had an admiration for Buffy in like a, oh, wow, she's so cool kind of way. But I often felt that there was a little bit more to that. And I know that you didn't see it in that way. But what did you like about their relationship? Because there's always like the crazy girl and then her like awkward, uh, more shy best friend. But and and I have it here in my notes that Willow transforms from victim to psychic to this all like super powerful ally like she doesn't stay being Buffy's little awkward best friend no she has a journey of herself I didn't pick up on any sexual tension between Buffy and Willow at the beginning of the series um doesn't mean it's not there Willow is one of those characters that might be one of my favorites because she's this quiet picked on girl who befriends Buffy and Buffy not only befriends her back but goes on to defend her not against the demons but the metaphorical demons of high school and she does develop on her one of the things that I really enjoyed was that she's she's like the Velma of the Scooby-Doo gang Xander and her yes they 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 were the sidekicks and they were kind of like the comedic relief but like you said, they all, they weren't caricatures. They all had their own journey. The whole Scooby gang, they work as a team. They're not, they're not just her sidekicks and obviously applies to Willow. I mean, in a lot of ways, Willow, without Willow, she's kind of, kind of like, I don't want to com- compare her to Hermione, 
because there's definitely some differences, but especially in the beginning of the show when she doesn't, she hasn't embraced her inner, her inner witch. Just getting by with all of her research and the knowledge that she provides is really important to everyone's survival. And we are going to get into this um, a little more, but um, it also showcased that girls don't come in one shape and one size. It wasn't just the pretty popular one. Cordelia had her own journey to do. It wasn't just the shy, smart one. Willow became who she became because she was at the beginning the one who 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 had the knowledge, who did the research, who did all that stuff. And Buffy, it wasn't just that, that she was like the strong, kick-ass person. I think that she also had a lot of empathy and she was able to be able to balance it all as well and, and, and be there for her friends when other people probably couldn't. Yeah, I mean, just at the very beginning when Buffy befriends Willow, knowing that this will lower her status of social ranking in the high school world, I think speaks volumes to her compassion and empathy and how down to earth she really is. When it comes to Willow too, she knew that Willow would be in danger by helping her and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But she, again, it's all about giving agency to, to people, giving that space for them to show you that they're not just that one thing that you think of. Yeah, these are all women who are multidimensional characters who all are heroes in some way. And I think that's really special to not just have one female hero, but multiple female heroes in one show. I know you can laugh, but I have witnessed a millennium of treachery and oppression from the males of the species, and I have nothing but contempt for the whole libidinous lot of them. Then why are you talking to me? <sighs> I don't have a date for the prom. Well, gosh. I wonder why not. It couldn't possibly have anything to do with your sales pitch. Menorable. Will you go with me? So this whole discussion on the women in the show, the relationship among them, how dynamic they are, kind of fits into one of the major reasons why we're, why we're doing this and why Buffy still kind of is prevalent today um, is that Buffy is known as a powerful feminist symbol. So let's talk about what has inspired us the most from this character and what was great about the show, but also what the show lacked in that in that regard. Because it's kind of like one of the, I think it opened the gates for other shows to be a little bit more conscious about the way that they represent women. I right. Know. I mean, I'm surprised it actually took us this long to get here because we're both, um, you know, we're both intersectional feminists. You know, we've been using this term feminist, and I think sometimes it's hard to do that without thinking about how the show really lacks a diverse cast and how can you be this feminist story when you're only telling the story of these white characters and it is problematic and it's something that really sticks out really it's very jarring how you know the only characters of color of color are these side characters like Giles has this lover from the UK who's black and I guess um the Jamaican Slayer. And I think, you know, that is problematic. And I would hope, I think Joss Whedon has even spoken to that now, how he says that was definitely one of the big flaws of the show. I think if the show was made now, it would definitely be more diverse. I think they'd keep that in mind. To, to a point to that, I, um, I, I want to say yes. Like even, even, even Charm, which is one of my favorite shows, also has great 
advancement in a way of writing dynamic women, but the women that they're writing about and for tends to tend to be white. What they don't realize is that the, the people that are watching are not just white people. In a way, we, and I'm saying we, like, like people of color, like we didn't have anyone else. We, we just didn't have a choice. We had to, like, if, if we wanted to watch a dynamic female character in a fantasy series, we had to watch Buffy. There was no, there was no other choice for us. There was no other channel. There was, even within a, a channel, we didn't, we didn't have another choice. Like, now we have choices, even, even to the extent, like, like Orange is the New Black or, like, Jane the Virgin, like, things like that where like there is choice in what is it that we're watching and we can be very conscious like i'm gonna support this show and i'm and i i hope it's great because it has you know um folks that maybe speak a similar language to me or look similarly to me or just have like a cultural background that i can relate to but i don't think at that point and i'm and i'm not justifying it i'm just saying that for example like we've only had wonder women uh, as like a as a feminist symbol growing up we didn't we who else can we have looked up to yeah I think you just that was amazing (laughs) everything you just said I mean I can't top that I mean I still really praise the folks that write uh, sci-fi and fantasy television because even though this show may have lacked diversity the genre itself has lent itself to open doors for a lot of actors and and a lot of storylines with people of color I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, I don't think if we had Buffy, we wouldn't have something like The Vampire Diaries where the main female witch was black. And she was kind of like the will of the show where like she could go dark and she had magic and power. She was a token black person. <laughs> but she, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. feel like it was like a step by step. But at the point where we had Buffy, we we didn't have anybody else. Yeah, it's almost like it was too much. It was like people couldn't, it was like people couldn't really comprehend a female superhero, but oh my God, make her a woman of color and oh, everyone's mind is blown. Um, again, I'm not justifying that. I'm kind of just stating how things were and I you know, hope how, how depictions of women and people in color are improving in media. The target audience was these, this younger like 15 to 25 year olds, I think was like maybe like a good demographic for the show. They are the women that then grew up to a certain degree with agency to then either go on and make other shows and, and um, female empowerment content or just overall like us like just just felt in, inspired and say, you know what? Like we don't again, we don't have to just be that that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the, the, the good things, though, I felt I've always looked into this every time I watch something that people say it's, it's feminist. So a lot of the times and this is why I made the point that we had choices, at least within like the realm of of Buffy, like we we could relate to Cordelia. Some of us could relate to Cordelia. Some of us can relate it to Willow, some of to Buffy, maybe one of us related to Anya. I don't know. Uh- <laughs> Um, I don't know what that says about that person. <laughs> but maybe they just felt awkward, you know. Sometimes being a human can be awkward. But one of the things I love, I love about this show and what, when I when I look at feminist content is is femininity being is it looked down upon. It really irks me when I look at shows and stories where the woman has to either be 
let's say for example seen on the warrior princess or or nothing at all or do they have to always be tall and butch and like athletic and and that's that's what a kick-ass woman is or like that's what a and 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 she and she can only be dressed in all black granted buffy did dress in a lot of black because of her job i mean come on (laughs) hey but she kicked ass in a lot of miniskirts yeah but that's what i'm saying like she was still able to to do that that's why i really loved um charm for example but that's something that i i really look into because i personally don't like people that say okay well just because i don't know my favorite color is pink like i was judged for that for a long time it's like yeah it's supposed to be like this feminine color which by the way if you look in the history of pink that's not always true but that somehow diminishes you or like tells you that you're not enough of a feminist because that's playing into the gender role that was assigned to you yeah and i think this is one of the reasons that I do love Buffy is she's extremely feminine, very late 90s, early 2000s, pigtails and extra piercings and really short skirts and low cut tops where her boobs look amazing in a lot of the shots. And not only is she feminine, but she is sexual. And I really like that because you can be this very girly, womany, sexual person and still be a superhero is it bad that like i i don't i don't mind if i'm the elwoods in my group in a way you're like you know what like i want to (laughs) i want to wear pink in the sea of all black suits and still and still be considered that i belong in that oh completely my mom who's a feminist she isn't particularly girly and wears jeans and oversized t-shirts with feminist slogans on them, has short hair. And I remember the first time I went to um, the Hunter, oh my God, what was it? Like a Hunter feminist group that I was part of that I can't remember the name of now, but I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm wearing a dress. Are they going to accept me? Is that going to be okay? And I can't believe I even had that thought in my head. It's like we have these ideas of feminism and what it means to be a strong female. And often what's ingrained in us is that you can't be feminine and empowered at the same time, which is definitely not true. This whole conversation is inspiring me to make a podcast on this show called Totally Spies. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like an animated show where there are these three spies and they use their some of the gadgets because they're, they're supposed to blend in as spies so they use like um their compact mirror or like their heels or something like things that right. are symboli- symbols of like what femininity is or what um how you're supposed to dress if you want to express yourself as a woman um as 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 weapons like the lipstick you open it up and it's like a weapon in there instead of a lipstick right kind of like charlie's angels yeah kind of like yeah kind of by the way it's coming out again soon another another version of it see i don't Um, understand why can't they just create new stories with females you know it's just so much um cheaper and rewarding um financial wise when things are already um packaged let's talk about you know let's let's keep talking about buffy like if buffy comes back like there the the way that the story was left and the and uh we talked a little bit about how they were all these other young women around the world they could pick anybody they could pick like a 
you know, somebody from Thailand. They could pick a, a, a young girl who lives in Kenya. They could pick a young girl who is from the Caribbean and that just so happens to be the Slayer. Yeah. And I I guess what's obvious is that is that if you are redoing these TV shows or these movies, you already have a built-in audience. Right, yeah. That's who what are going I mean to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully if they redid it, they would take that opportunity. If they redid Buffy, you recalibrate their casting of the show and make it more inclusive. Having known that there was these young women all over the world, it opens up that opportunity. Definitely. So maybe maybe it wasn't um, inclusive, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s. But at this point in time, if we go back and watch it, we will still love it. But I think that we have much more of a critical eye and we see the flaws and we say, if it comes back, we definitely want something a little bit. We would definitely have much more to say um, in terms of diversity. Yeah, because it shouldn't just be. Well, like you said, you did look up to Buffy as this hero. And for young girls, it was one of the only few female depictions of a female hero. Um, but, you know, I mean, as someone who's white, I want to make sure that there are characters out there that don't just look like me, that look like all the other little girls who are watching those shows. I'm very conscious about like what what my like my goddaughters watch and are they people that look like them on TV? Like, do they feel empowered? Do they feel that, you know, in order for them to be successful or be strong or be uh, charismatic do they have to all be you know fancy nancy's i don't know if you watched that show but <laughs> no uh, but yeah that's <laughs> a reference this is why i haven't that's been a, on this a podcast a lot because i don't watch that much tv but you like the old stuff and we can reminisce and then yeah. look back just i like love buffy i love vampires i love buffy i love true blood yeah i kind of just watch the same shows over and over again thank you so much for being here and for lending me the space and uh and the time to talk about Buffy. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show.